Hello and welcome to our second ever episode of Fake News with me, Ross Field, and so next to me is Tom Hand. Yes. I, I'd like to point out it, fake news. I think a lot of people would hear that and think, you know, it's just merely a play on, you know, the fact that this, this fake news phenomenon has swept the world. But Ross, do you want to explain? Because I'm not going to take credit for this, you know, credit where credit is well and truly due and it's not at my doorstep <laughs> so fake news that stands for fighting against knowledge extinction so um what that's going to mean is we're not going to cover all the news there's other better platforms for that what we're going to do is we're going to cover one top current affair that's going to be coming up a lot it's going to be you know debated in all areas of society and what we're going to do is we're going to give an unflinching kind of all-round perspective so for instance, we talked about the Syria attack, uh, Syria chemical attacks. Um, we didn't just dismiss the Russian view, um, you know, out of hand. We're going to have a look at all aspects, and you know, um, we're not the we, we we're no professionals. We're not a, a professor or anything. We're just kind of learning at the same time. But we've got inquisitive minds, and we want to have a look in all areas. We like the idea that these podcasts come out on. You know, we record on Thursday. Hopefully, be out on Fridays. Uh, don't blame us if it's maybe sometimes after the weekend due to technical difficulties. Uh-huh. Uh, but we, tr- we, what the aim is to, I suppose, supply pub chat, you know, bar uh, chat, especially uh, on a lovely uh, weekend aspect, like this. Yeah, pub chat is a bit of just, debate, you know, a little bit of debate, but you know, keep you informed because exactly, you know, these are real um, top issues which it can be hard to get your head around. So we're here to help out, but. That's this week, it. without further ado, we're talking about the Windrush scandal. The Windrush scandal. Uh, you know, it's been all over British press uh, yep. this this week. You've got the likes of Amber Rudd, the Home Sec, and Theresa May, the former Home Sec, and the well, Prime we'll, Minister. We'll go into that, we'll go into that but, at a later point. But for those of the completely uninitiated, I'm sure most of you have heard about the, the, the Windrush, as Ross said, the Windrush scandal. If not, for what... So if not, let's begin from the beginning. Let's what is start. Windrush and why so, is it a scandal? Windrush, basically, in 1948, residents from the British Commonwealth, mm-hmm. uh, namely in the West Indies, places like Jamaica, Trinidad and Tobago, mm-hmm. uh, Granada, places like Guyana as well. It's in South America, technically, but, yeah. you know, still kind Specifically of... Specifically kind of the yes. um, Caribbean. The, yeah, exactly, the, the Caribbean countries. countries. Exactly, do you like the word say Caribbean, by the way? Yeah, I love um, it. So <laughs> they came over post-war uh, mm-hmm. to Britain because of essentially... Um, Fill shortages in the labour market after yep. the war, of course. Uh, so they came over on the Empire Windrush, hence the name, yep. and it brought 492 migrants to the port of Tilbury, and that was on the, the 22nd of June, like I say, 1948. But basically, you know, after the war, we devastated. London was London devastated, was devastated as much of Europe was, yep. Yep. Uh, particularly London, because you alluded to the Blitz there. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so so we needed kind of to fill these holes. Um, yep. You know, a lot of people. So there's a famous story in 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 Jamaica. There was an advert in the paper saying. Mm-hmm. If you want tre- cheap travel and you want to see Britain, uh, jump on board the Empire Windrush. You yep. come over here. A lot of them planned to stay for a couple of years, and they were located a few miles out of Brixton, funnily enough, which is you know near enough to where we work. Uh, but most of them, a lot of them, well, I would say most, yeah, most yep. stayed uh, until modern day. I mean, until now. Um, and I think a very important aspect you kind of alluded to, they were invited over very much. Yeah. These, these migrants were invited over. We had a... We had a kind of void to fill in the workforce and these people came over kind of, um, you know, some would say a higher standard of living or 
you know, to get some... And a lot of them were just intrigued to see Britain, and they referred to it as the motherland. Yeah. A lot of them thought, you know, for one, we'll have a better uh, style of life, um, we'll be more kind of economically prosperous. Mm -hmm. Uh, But then, like I say, a lot of them saw it as the motherland. Of course, we don't need to go into the... uh, the etymology of that terminology, of course, nope. we have to go into the the, the dark um, the dark world of slavery. Then, um, yeah. but of course, you know, Fred was the motherland, and I think a lot of them had heard so much. I think growing up in the West Indies, you know, during during mm. during this time, you had uh, this this almost um, this fantasy, this kind of utopia, uh, yeah, about we white British people. Of, we had a queen, queen. exactly. Queen. Uh, so we were truly. I mean, it might sound bad to say, but buses. we were kind of. Um, put on a kind of pedestal to the to, like I, to a lot of these people this was just kind of the i would say like the very end of the empire because it was very much still the commonwealth so there was what what is hard to picture now is we do, we have kind of no idea of a commonwealth mindset or like you know um britain as an empire mindset except for the commonwealth games but back then it was very much you know the Queen rules over these countries. It was. Uh, you know, you mentioned there, we, ha- we have no idea. I mean, other than the Commonwealth Games, a lot of people don't realise the, the almost sinister history of the Commonwealth Games, yeah, which were on a couple of weeks ago, funnily enough. Um, but, you know, it's, it's a very sinister idea, isn't it? That, you know, it's, it's about uh, colonialisation, spreading over around the world. And It seems that, it seems that uh, interesting little pr- uh, point here, that since Brexit and kind of the talk has been transferred from Europe to Commonwealth, there was a very big media highlight or big talk about the Commonwealth Games and the Commonwealth. On TV, there's documents about the Queen and the Commonwealth. So it's very much kind of going back to the idea of Britain being great and control. We, we set us across the sea. I mean, we're a small island nation and we control the world. Is that a Johnson impression? That's just the typical... That is uh, the typical. Conservative you know which... Choking on your your own. But, well, we're not kind of non No, we're not going to go down that yeah. horrible road. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the term I love is retrotopia. This oh, idea that things beautiful. used to be so perfect. Right. You hear it. I mean, Trump Nostalgia. used it a lot. Trump and Brexit, again, look, you know, it's the obvious comparison in any contemporary argument. Trump and uh, Brexit, they both used it. They say, Farage would come out and say, look at Britain back in the 60s, 70s, it was perfect. When we all know that's bollocks. And the same as Trump in America. Honey, look at back to America back in the day, how great and prosperous we used to be. Honey, honey, borders and nation states are 2018. Exactly, exactly. But I mean, I just love the idea. And I think maybe you've, you've got a very good point there. Uh, we are looking back and saying, do you mm. remember the days of the fantastic Commonwealth we used to well, rule the world, rule Britannia? Well, it seems like, because uh, we've got the Commonwealth meeting coming up, um, we seem to have shot of ourselves in the foot with this scandal, the Windrush scandal. To a certain extent, I have to say, uh, maybe, again, playing devil's advocate, which I love doing, mm-hmm. I think the government have handled it reasonably well, by which I mean they have looked genuinely embarrassed and red-faced yeah, yeah. and genuinely apologetic. Mm. Um, I suppose in 1948, when people first got off the Empire Windrush, it symbolised the beginning of the now... Uh, multicultural British society, which we all, we all love. I mean, you yourself live in Brixton. I do, I do. And you um, know that was when people first came over. They were they were housed near Brixton. It was a few miles oh, outside no, of Brixton. Very much a strong, um, uh, I want to say, Caribbean presence or pride in you know the, the Caribbean, uh, the roots of Brixton. And you, and and you go of, there, all the shops. There's a lot I, of shops there. I mean, there, there's a lot, a lot of, of problems with uh, gentrification coming up because a lot of that history, and you know, it's not just. Caribbean history, this is 
British Caribbean history. Yeah. So there's that very strong emphasis on British. Like, don't knock down this kind of, you know, Caribbean restaurant to build, what, another Pret? Because in London, you need a Pret every two metres. That's a very good point. So... So, so now you know there's such um, they're so engraved in British society. You know I, these the, the so-called Windrush generation. They, they built, which is they fantastic. rebuilt, they literally built, rebuilt uh, modern London, mm-hmm. or modern England. So they they kind of built themselves into the fabric of British society as which they should. Is fantastic, uh, and like I say, you know, did symbolise that. That that was the very beginning of it. Yeah. Let's not forget, you know, the uh, the racism at the hands Ooh. of, um, unfortunately, you know, uh, a lot of British groups, a lot of British teddy boys, as they referred I mean, to in the 50s and 60s, who who couldn't handle the fact that their their all-white nation was being overtaken. But funnily enough, something great came out of this. I don't know if you know this story, uh, but it was in 1958, and there was a, um, a racist attack in Notting Hill mm. uh, against kind of people from the, uh, from, from the Caribbean. Yeah. I've gone back to saying Caribbean rather than Caribbean now, because mm. I've got serious. Um but yeah, you know what happened then? What? That was in 1958. There was yep. a horrible attack. The next year, uh, the the people from the Caribbean set up a festival known as Notting Hill Festival uh, to combat uh, this hatred and to show that, I suppose, you know, they are, they're, they're here to, I mean, have a good time so is a completely wrong word, but you know, so they, they're going to kind of... Talk. Almost they beat up this Caribbean guy because he was seen as an outsider. He, that, that, yeah. It wasn't seen as British culture. So they set up they a kind of festival to say, hey... We're not strange anymore. Yeah. Have a look at our culture. And they said every year we're going to have this party. People are going to have fun. And till this day, Notting Hill Carnival is one of the biggest. Yeah. Probably, probably yeah. is the biggest carnival in Britain. I'd yeah. say. I oh, mean, yeah. I don't know. I don't have my facts in front of me, but I'm sure that would be. Yeah, it'll be it'll be up there anyway. I mean, it's interesting you brought up racism because I heard a. I think it was Zadie Smith. She's talked a lot about kind of uh, the Black British experience, but a lot of people say, you know, racism isn't just. Um, you know, it's uh, people say when they think about race and they think about America, they think it's solely kind of American experience. Or you can take the American experience, racism, kind of copy and paste it onto Britain. But no, yeah. the the racist experience in Britain is very different. So, uh, you know, you've got the in America, of course, it's the African American experience. But in Britain, it's the British Caribbean, and you know, they're being stigmatized for a certain whole different industry or something. You know. Yeah. No, it's true. It's true. Uh, and when they first came over, they a lot, a lot of money for the NHS uh, and National transport. Rail yeah, Transport. Yeah. Uh, and again, as we it's mentioned at the start, uh, you know, these labour jobs, you know, work, yeah. working for you know rail companies exactly. and this that, and the other, uh, which we so desperately needed. So what's should we, the should we, should we, Yeah, I was about what's to say, let's push scandal? up because you know I say we covered the history. Yeah. yeah. So the basics of the current scandal, the controversy, whatever you want to call it, is that the British government threatened the children of the Windrush generation. Uh, who arrived here before 1973 with deportation if they couldn't prove their right to stay in the country. Now, as I said, Amber Rudd and Theresa May have apologised profusely and Theresa May will meet 12 Caribbean leaders after 140 members of Parliament signed a letter to demand a resolution. And indeed, 130,000 people have signed a petition demanding amnesty for the uh, generation who arrived between 1948 and 71, you know, the initial kind of Windrush generation. I mean... Um, I mean, it's all good, well and done, good, but people, these are British people. They say we're very much British. I've over, I've only ever lived in Britain. I've had children in Britain. I've worked my whole life in Britain. You know, yeah. NHS, you've got stories of this and people facing deportation and being told you're pretty much an illegal alien. They've lost jobs. They've lost money. And also the stress. That, imagine that you finally feel like, okay, 
Well, you, you don't feel any other way. You feel you're British, and then they you get someone turn around and say, no, you're not British. It's despicable. As you said there, many of these people, and rightly so, will identify themselves as British. Yeah. You know, they'd say their heritage is in the mm-hmm. West Indies, but they are indeed British citizens. And to have, you know, I heard this horrible, this poor bloke on, I think it was Five Live the other, the other day, saying, you know, he, uh, he can't sleep. He's, he's worried about, you know, getting a knock on his door yeah. in the night, saying mm-hmm. you have to leave the country. And it is disgusting. I have to be the honest Jack now. The boots knock. It's, we, we try and show a kind of, uh, an argument from all sides, but I think with this one, on this we one, have to it's be in very firm hard. agreement. This is it, the, it's appalling. just a massive, massive fuck up from the government, and it just looks awful. These people came over, as we, we've said like three times now, to help you know, kind of war reparations. Uh, yeah, you know, yeah, fill, yeah, fill gaps in, uh, you know, in the in the in the kind of labour industries. I mean, they were, but it's, it, they were the um, you know, if we go to the Commonwealth, they were the Queen's kind of subjects. Yeah, they come over yeah. and they, they, you know, they fulfill the duty. And also, let's not forget, a lot of the Commonwealth countries, they fought, fought in World War Two. Yeah. Honourably, and they made up the fighting force to completely, fight fascism. Completely. And, you know... Um, it is disgusting. And to treat them like that, I mean, it is, is, is horrible. And because they can't kind of produce these documents that, you know, a lot of them don't have, they kind of get lost it, in... <laughs> it, it's, it's a real sign of the um, technocrat society we live in. Well, it doesn't say on my computer here. I yeah. said, well, no, I, I I came over and I might I might have travelled on my parents' passports. Yes, so, yeah. and and a lot of people as well because they didn't have the paperwork. They've they've had stress their whole life and haven't even been on holidays. Some yeah, of them, completely. you know, um, it's appalling. And I you you mentioned holidays there. This is this is a kind of side note to the to the main issue here. But mm. I, I think it's very important to bring this up, and it's what I describe as um, luxury colonialism. Yeah. Uh, and it's because I went to Jamaica in mm. September, and the way that Brits and the West, you know, Americans as a whole, this Jamaica. is specific to Britain, uh, to Jamaica, yeah. No, she went by herself. Jamaica, I like, yeah, that's a great, <laughs> great joke. Um, I was kind of yeah, making yeah. this really quick because it's a side note. Yeah. But the way that tourists treat places like Jamaica, so after, you know, the whole Windrush generation come over here, helping us mm. after the war to kind of mm-hmm. rebuild our country, and we go over there, right? We stay in luxury, and I'm guilty of this as well. I'm guilty, of that, and, I, yeah. and I won't do it again. We go to luxury five star resorts. Mm-hmm. We give no money to the local economy. We don't go yeah. to local bars, local restaurants, local yeah. clubs. We stay in the resorts. The only Jamaican people that we meet are waiters, bartenders, yeah. the waiters, the chefs at the hotel, at the resort. And these, they're huge luxury resorts. You look outside, there's a poor bloke homeless outside, you know, with his little dog. You think to yourself, we well, are literally raping these countries for their son. For their all-inclusive drinks, for their beaches, it is true. And then we complain about the crime. And then, yeah, exactly. But then the thing is, and and I think this could be bollocks, and people might be offended if you have had trouble in Jamaica with kind of robbery or whatever. But I think a lot of that is bigged up to keep you in. I think it's in Thomas Cook and Thompson, for Mm. example, in their interest. There are other holiday companies available, of course. But in their interest to say, don't leave the resort because you might get robbed, you might get stabbed. That's my little theory. But anyway, sorry. Back to that little side note. I just think. You know, it's disgusting the way that we treat these kind of countries. We we go over there. We 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 know nothing about the culture. We don't bother to learn. Anything. We a lot. I of mean, even with the, the, the sorry, even with the not, uh, Notting Hill Festival, it's still cultural kind of, appropriation. We, we do you can, think? Uh, yeah, hugely, and we um, you know, we like that aspect of Caribbean. You know, we like this, but that's too much. Jamaica, we like your your reggae, and we like this, and this is yeah, all fun and dandy. Taking, oh, here's me things. wearing like a kind of, you know, a Rasta hat or something, yeah. and oh, isn't and that funny? listen to Bob Marley smoking yeah. some weed. Oh, I'm going to eat some, you know, ca- Caribbean food, or there's reggae, reggae sauce. Um, 
but we don't want too much. That is cultural you know, appropriation. It's isn't hugely it? cultural hugely. appropriation. And then it's like once you've done for us or we've taken it, move aside, go yeah. away. Yeah, we don't yeah, want yeah. it in the that we don't that's not British. We don't want that. You know, yeah. we'll take what we want. Pick and choose, you know, pick a mix of yeah, cultures. But definitely. Sorry, I mean I mean that's around I've I've, yeah. I've said that ever since I got back from Jamaica it was it was kind of stuck in my side. It was no, a thorn no, in my side, as Morrissey good, said. No, it's very good um It's almost relevant. Um No, it is very relevant. It is very I think one of the most disgusting things, quite come back to the main story yeah, here. Yeah. The fact that they're they're being accused of being here illegally when yeah. they yeah. when they were invited here or their parents were invited here, you think to yourself you know the cheekiness of that. I know, and then it's a, but it's a very specific set. So if they were, if they came after a certain time, they had their own passports, and that's it. So it's just this loop. Was... These people make up a loophole of kind of the bureaucracy. So they're yeah. they're kind of like surrounded by well, why us? Like well, it was because they came over. Because I mean, they came over. It's not like a a, a uh, kind of Britain first member there, um, but because. Um, you know, obviously the population grew, uh, yeah. as you can imagine, uh, yeah. due to intercourse, sexual intercourse. Ooh. You know, that's <sighs> something that me and you know a lot about. <laughs> um, but then by 1962, there was an act called the Commonwealth Immigrations Act, which restricted the entry of immigrants because yeah. it was almost like, you know, come over and help us. You've helped us now. Whoa, you've yeah. taken many kids. Stop, stop, stop. stop. We're, 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 yep, we, we, <laughs> we've done the work. Yeah, yeah. Stay away. And then, of course, we're not, we haven't spoken about Theresa May's playing this when she was Home Secretary. Yeah, she put in place uh, some acts basically to make it life extremely tough for illegal aliens. Mm -hmm. And this is when, uh, and you know, facing deportation, etc. And it, I think it was uh, uh, in they wanted to make it extremely inhospitable. In in <laughs> You'll get there one day. Yeah. Um, and so this is kind of the well, does it go with this coming home, coming home to roost? Yeah, it seems it. Does it go? That was obviously under David Cameron. Does it go with the? And look, we're very, we're very unbiased. We are. We here are at, uh, here at Poat, but we've been tainted by May recently. We're very angry by her. We are. Um, but I mean, does this go along nicely with the conservative? right leaning well of course they're right leaning but you know uh, almost far right leaning the the view that you know um as you said there she put in place acts when she was home secretary under david cameron yeah to you know as you said illegal aliens you know to kind yeah. of uh to kind of protect the homeland let's say yeah. i mean i mean that's very kind of far right the that whole yeah. idea yeah i mean um yeah it's hugely far right and people are saying is this a taste of what's to come now where we're looking post-Brexit? What's the immigration policy going to be now we're outside of Europe? What what will this mean for Europeans in uh, England who are, are, you know, quite nervous, let's be honest, you know, about what their, their future holds in Britain? So if this is a treatment to people who have built up the country after the uh, greatest, you know, the war we've ever seen, mm -hmm. what's, what's likely to happen to them? Yeah, uh, and of course, you know, as you said there, I mean, I'd be very nervous. Yeah. We're both kind of born and bred in this country, so we're we're lucky enough. We're, we're in a position to say we will never have to be, you know, uh, accused of being here illegally. But I, but I imagine I, I'll leave happily if this if that comes if, to play. I will no, yeah. honestly, I will leave the country if yeah. that happens. People are um, worried about the future holds them in Britain. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's of course, but now this has kind of highlighted it because. As we said a minute ago, these people came here. They were asked to come here. Now they've been accused of being illegal immigrants. Yeah. So as you said, that you know you'd be kind of uh, you'd be quaking in your boots to a certain extent. And I'm not trying to kind of uh, that's that's quite a kind of light-hearted phrase. Yeah. But, you know, it's um, 
It would be very scary. And they don't even have the correct statistics for how many were deported. There was um, actually a good back and forth in the House of Commons between Theresa May and uh, Jeremy Corbyn. Good old Jezza. About this issue. And she kind of just, you know, because you said, and, you know, this is very far right, you know, keep keep uh, kicking people out of the country, you know, mm. immigrants. And she, of course, had to grow, put in, you know, um, well, at least my party isn't full of anti-Semites, you know. Yeah, so it's yeah. a very easy kind of, she's pulled up a very easy Trump card. There. Yeah, 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 yeah. Speaking of Jeremy Corbyn, I heard two blokes in the pub the other day, they were, they were saying, who's better, Jesus Christ or Jeremy Corbyn? So the guy asked him, the guy said, look, he's fucking amazing, but he's no Jeremy Corbyn. Anyway, thank you, so, <laughs> thank you so much for listening to this episode of Fake News. Me and Ross will be back for another edition next week.